0: My name is Michelle Ann Olson, and you are listening to Are You Afraid of the Bark? The podcast that goes bark in the night. Welcome to episode two of season two of the podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about something that I definitely touched on in season one. A theme that has showed up a few times since I started the podcast, but not one that I've explored exclusively or that I've treated as the primary subject of an episode. Today we are going to be exploring the idea of the black dog. So in the past, I've spoken about demon dogs, the ghosts of dogs. Obviously, these are topics that I'm going to explore in This podcast about supernatural animals, dogs and cats, have been revisited again and again. But what I want to talk about today, what I want to focus this episode on, is the idea of the black dog in particular, which is a very specific kind of apparition, and which across cultures often takes on a very similar meaning. So today, this episode will be dedicated to this idea of the black dog. Generally speaking, a black dog is a motif of a spectral or demonic entity found primarily in the folklore of Great Britain. Though, as I'll touch upon, it is a concept that we can see across other cultures as well. The black dog generally appears at night. It's a nocturnal apparition. In some cases, a shapeshifter able to change shape into the form of different animals, and most often is associated with the devil. The black dog is generally larger than a normal dog. Its size is often compared to that of a barn animal, like a cow or a horse. And often it is depicted or described as having large glowing eyes, most often red. It's associated with electrical storms and with the crossroads, which I had discussed in previous episodes are considered places of particular magic. The Black Dog, especially in British lore, is said to be a portent or a forebringer of death, destruction, or other tragedy. It's hard to know where this concept of the Black Dog originated from, Throughout European mythology, dogs have come to be associated with death. This is true in Welsh, Norse, and Greek cultures, who all have some kind of dog as a guardian to the underworld. And this association with dogs and death could be due to the scavenging habits of dogs. So, black dogs are generally considered as, like I said, a sign of imminent tragedy or disaster or death, and as such, they're often regarded as sinister or malevolent, some directly able to harm you. And they're also associated with the devil, and therefore with witches and warlocks. But there are some black dogs who are said to behave helpfully. They're known as guardian black dogs, and they can guide travelers at night down the right path, or guard them from danger. But of course, I'm not going to be talking about them today, because where's the fun in that? So first I'd like to talk to you about a black dog myth known as the Black Shuck. This myth, or this, I shouldn't even say myth, because there are actual historical records of these events. The earliest written text describing a black shuck, which comes from the Old English skooka, or devil, actually harks back to 1127 from the town of Peterborough. In that year, 1127, shortly following the arrival of a new abbot at the Abbey of Peterborough, there came quite a ruckus. And these quotes, by the way, are coming from a website called All That's Interesting. It was a Sunday. Many men both saw and heard a great number of huntsmen hunting. The huntsmen were black, huge, and hideous, and they rode on black horses and on black he goats, and their hounds were jet black with eyes like saucers and horrible. This was seen in the very deer park of the town of Peterborough, and in all the woods that stretched from that same town to Stamford. And in the night, the monks heard them sounding and winding their horns. So witnesses at that time said that there were around 20 to 30 of those hellish beings, these hunters with these devil hounds. And they stayed in the area through Lent, all the way to Easter, a period of about 50 days. The events of that time are known as the wild hunt. And there are other stories from across Central, Western, and Northern Europe that recount similar hunts, loud, wild hunts, through untamed lands with these hideous hunters and their pack of dogs. And that idea of the wild hunt is probably the underpinning of the legend or the happenings of the black shuck. Northern cultures in particular associated the wild hunts with the change of seasons from fall into winter, probably because strong cold winds came blowing over the landscape and forced people indoors. Anyone who didn't make it inside during the winter would freeze to death. So to interpret those howling winds as a pack of hunters would make sense People were mythologizing their surroundings as a way to warn people to stay indoors. Winds aren't as scary as a pack of rabid dogs on a hunt, but the outcome of encountering either would be the same. If someone didn't flee from the wild hunt, they could be killed. So that idea of the hunt is likely the predecessor to this idea of the black shuck. Now, the black shuck, It's described as a large dog with black mangy fur. The dog is larger than normal, as big as a horse, and foaming at the mouth as if deranged, rabid, or ravenously focused on their hunt. A description from 1901 reads as follows. He takes the form of a huge black dog and prowls along dark lanes and lonesome field footpaths where, although his howling makes the hearer's blood run cold, his footfalls make no sound. But such an encounter might bring you the worst of luck. It is even said that to meet him is to be warned that your death will occur before the end of the year. So you will do well to shut your eyes if you hear him howling. Shut them even if you are uncertain, whether it is the dog fiend or the voice of the wind you hear. The most distinctive characteristic of the black shuck was its eyes, red and big as saucers. So the shuck is said to appear suddenly and without warning, with those silent footfalls, and to disappear as quickly as it arrives. (laughs) If you do catch a glimpse of one, it is either a protective spirit or a portent of death, a family guardian watching over you, or a warning of certain doom, and thus, Safer to close your eyes and not see it at all. Coming to the year 1577, this is the most famous story of a Black Shuck appearance. In modern-day Suffolk, Reverend Abraham Fleming of Bungay wrote his encounter of the Black Shucks' attack on a church in an essay that he called A Strange and Terrible Wonder. And this quote is in very old english so here we go this black dog or the devil in such a likeness god he knoweth all who worketh all running all along down the body of the church with great swiftness and incredible haste among the people in a visible form and shape passed between two persons as they were kneeling upon their knees and occupied in prayer as it seemed, wrung the necks of them both in one instant clean backward, insomuch that even at a moment where they kneeled, they strangely died. During that sighting in 1577, the steeple at Holy Trinity Church had collapsed in a terrible storm. There were scorch marks left on the north door which are apparently there to this day. And rather than take the storm simply as a storm, some at the time saw the destruction and the resulting deaths as the work of the devil and his hellhound. So in actuality, sightings of hellhounds or other demonic figures are often associated with weather phenomena. Lightning strikes that might burn wooden structures or cause stones to fall from stone churches that could be seen as the devil's work and in particular, at the time of this famous sighting, this was during the period of the Reformation, and the Catholic Church may have been trying to frighten followers into staying with their church. And what is more frightening and compelling than the idea of the devil's hounds at your doorstep? There are other accounts of more recent sightings of the Black Shuck, One man in 1905 claimed that a black dog turned into a donkey in front of him and vanished a few heartbeats later. A four-year-old girl during World War II encountered a large black dog that walked from her window, around her bed, made eye contact with those famous red eyes, and then vanished before reaching the door. She didn't sleep well that night. A ten-year-old boy wrote in 1974 about an encounter he had when he was six. He said he saw a black animal with yellow eyes galloping toward him at night. He screamed for his mother. and She said it was merely a reflection of a car's headlights from outside his window. The boy later read a story about a haunted council house and a black dog spirit, and then became convinced that his original account of a giant black dog was, in fact, the truth of what he had seen. So there's this theory that stories of scary black dogs, we see them appearing in these accounts again and again in Great Britain, we see them represented across other cultures as well, and it could be that this motif, this image of the hellhound, was used as a way to teach lessons. Parents might have used, in particular, the story of the black shuck to keep kids out of certain rooms in the house, or to stay away from strange dogs. Which always reminds me of the folklore in Newfoundland growing up. The idea that if you wandered into the fog you would be taken away by fairies, and that was obviously a warning. It was a lesson not to wander off in the fog where you potentially could not find your way home, but it was the fear of the paranormal that taught the lesson. Interestingly enough, In 2013, there was news of a giant dog skeleton unearthed near the abbey south of Bungay in Suffolk. So that gave the legend of the Black Shuck new life in the present day, but experts believe that that skeleton was of a Great Dane, obviously a huge dog, right? So maybe that's all that the Black Shuck ever was, a massive dog an Irish wolfhound, St. Bernard, a Mastiff, a Newfoundlander. Those breeds grow to enormous sizes, big enough to inspire exaggerated myths about hellhounds the size of horses. And maybe those myths have survived for hundreds of years. This next story of the black dog at Newgate Prison, it's less of a conventional representation of the black dog as a warning and more representative of the way in which black dogs have become associated with death and with places of suffering. The black dog of Newgate is associated with the haunting of the former Newgate prison of London, which was located close to St. Paul's Cathedral in modern-day London. In this prison, condemned inmates would be made to walk along a passageway called Deadman's Walk, which is now called Amen Court, and they would make that walk from the prison to the gallows. It is here in particular that ghostly sightings have been reported. One such sighting is of the Black Dog of Newgate, a shapeless black form that slithers along the top of the wall, slides sloppily down, I hate that, slides sloppily down and vanishes. It is accompanied by a nauseating smell and the sound of dragging footsteps. The earliest recorded account of the legend of the black dog dates from 1596 and is credited to a prison inmate called Luke Hutton. So his story recounts that during a famine in the reign of King Henry III, a scholar was incarcerated in Newgate Prison who had a reputation of being a sorcerer, a warlock who had hurt the king's subjects with his charms and witchcraft. The famine at the time was so severe, and the conditions so bad during this terrible period, that the prisoners had already resorted to cannibalism. And soon after the arrival of the scholar, they consumed him. He was unable to physically defend himself. Shortly after this heinous crime was committed, the inmates guilty of his death reportedly began seeing the specter of a monstrous black dog walking up and down the prison. They were convinced it was the sorcerer's spirit returning to avenge himself upon his murderers. The black dog reportedly killed... And consumed those responsible one by one until the last survivors, driven mad by fear, broke out of the jail and escaped. But the creature is supposed to have pursued the escapees wherever they went or tried to hide until it had avenged itself upon them all." So that story, there are theories that it was intended as a morality tale preaching against the base living conditions of the inmates of the prison during a period when conditions were especially horrific, but the story was apparently recounted by Luke Hutton to a stranger who was only described as a poor thin-gut fellow at the, ironically, black dog public house. Hutton dedicated the story to the Lord Chief Justice, and owing to its theme of morality, It may have helped secure his eventual release. As an aside, I found this detail in my research associated with Newgate Prison. There's a black stone standing in the dungeon called Limbo, which was the place where condemned prisoners were put after their judgment and against which some were said to have dashed out their brains in their distress. I found that little tidbit, and I didn't want to be the only one who knew that, so now you know that. It's all very upsetting. So, when the prison was demolished, thank God, in 1902, the legend of the Black Dog was slowly forgotten. There's nothing left of Newgate Prison today. In its place stands the old bailey, which was built using a lot of stone from the old prison. And perhaps the horrors that took place within the walls of Newgate are now embedded in the walls of the Old Bailey instead. Some people have reported that, when walking at night near the passageway of the former Deadman's Walk, they have witnessed a seething black mass that moves across the wall, slides slowly into the courtyard, and melts into nothingness." All right, well, (laughs) um, I'd like to say that my final story of this episode is more pleasant, but unfortunately it is not. And I will give a word of warning that this story unfortunately involves the death of a dog. So if that is upsetting to you, I do apologize. It's certainly upsetting to me, but I hope you'll stick with me. I think that in the end, the dog gets its revenge. And this is the story of the black dog of Lake Erie. I did mention last week that I would be featuring a story on this side of the pond, and rather close to home, actually. So I'm not sure how much you know about the history of the Great Lakes, but throughout the shipping history of the region, there have been a number of insane storms that have led to a high number of shipwrecks in the Great Lakes, including in Lake Ontario, on which the city of Toronto sits. Those storms, those torrid conditions, uh, which actually were known as the witch of November, those winter storms, are blamed for many of the mysterious disappearances of ships in this region. But another possible explanation for some of those disappearances is the supernatural force known as the Black Dog of Lake Erie. This animal isn't a hellhound, but rather The ghost of a dog, and if the Black Dog of Lake Erie appears on your ship, any water-going vessel, that is considered a very bad omen. According to the legend, the Black Dog's origins lie in the waters of Welland Canal in Canada, near Niagara Falls. A ship is said to have been traveling the canal when their mascot fell or was knocked overboard. The mascot was a large Newfoundland dog. They're known for their abilities in the water. They have water-resistant coats, webbed feet, and seem to have this almost instinct for water rescue. There are tales of Newfoundland dogs rescuing large groups of survivors during shipwrecks, including one that was said to have rescued Napoleon Bonaparte from drowning. But the crew on board this ship is said to have shown very little concern for their mascots' misfortune. Maybe they misjudged the dog's swimming abilities, but the story seems to imply that they instead made a cruel sport as the dog tried to swim along the ship. So I'm sorry for this next part, but according to the story, the dog was crushed in the gate of a canal lock. Ironically enough, The crew then found themselves stuck in the lock while they had to dislodge the dog's corpse from the gate in order for the lock to operate properly. Awful. After hours of difficult labor, the crew was able to free the corpse and get the lock working. Only for them to be haunted thereafter at night by the bang of the dead dog they had failed to save. the ghost of the black dog is said to appear on ships that are about to run into trouble. The stories say that the dog appears to curse the ships and cause their sinking. There is an alternate theory that its appearance could be an attempt to warn a ship that it is in danger. But one description claims that the dog has eyes like coals of fire, which suggests that it might not have the best interest of sailors in mind. The tales say that the dog appears on board a doomed vessel, or even climbs aboard from the water. It walks across the vessel, leaps from the other side, and then the ship promptly runs into some sort of trouble. The dog is said to have caused the wreck of the Mary Jane in Lake Erie on November 19th of 1881. The schooner, which was built in 1862, was carrying a load of telephone poles when a storm drove it ashore, causing it to smash to pieces near Port Rowan, Ontario. Debris from the schooner washed up the following day on the shores near Dunkirk, New York, and all nine crew members were lost. Before the Mary Jane set sail on its final, ill-fated journey, it is said that the workers on the wharves at Port Colborne in Ontario saw a black dog leap from the schooner and vanish upon setting foot on the dock. And that is the tale of the black dog of Lake Erie. Poor little bub. I have to say, I'm on his side in all of this. But then again, I so often am. And that brings us to the end of this second episode of this second season of Are You Afraid of the Bark?, Thank you, as always, very much for listening. It's been a pleasure having you here with me and being able to tell these stories, even though in the end, some of them were a little bit more upsetting than usual. As always, there are a number of ways in which you can interact with me and the podcast. You can follow the podcast on social media. The Facebook page is called Are You Afraid of the Bark? On Instagram, we are... Afraid of the Bark Podcast and on Twitter, Afraid of the Bark. If you have any feedback, comments, questions, concerns, your own animal ghost story to share, recommendations for upcoming episodes, or if you just want to chat, um, you can reach out by email at afraidofthebarkpodcast at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, if you haven't done so already, I would absolutely love if you would leave a review of the podcast on iTunes or what is now known as Apple Podcasts. That would be immensely helpful. So I hope to hear from some of you, love interacting with you, and love it when you let me know which stories you liked, which maybe gave you a chill, which touched your heart. If you have any recommendations for upcoming episodes, I'm always happy to take that to heart. And I guess that leaves us at the end of this episode. So thank you again for joining me. And I think that the only thing left to say is, I hope that you have sweet dreams tonight. Thanks for listening.